0: Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 91 of Death Readers, the podcast where we're reading through books for the first time. This episode of Death Readers is the final Book Wrap Party episode uh, for Tarzan of the Apes. Uh, In this episode, we will be reading through uh, chapter 23 all the way to the end. And then we will be uh, selecting a new book for the next uh, thing we're going to read. If this is your first time listening to Death Readers, what we do here... We're going to take these chapters, read through them page by page, take notes, share them with each other, and then discuss them ad nauseum uh, until we feel like we've exhausted their potential content-creating material. And then we're going to let you hear about it. We also encourage the listeners to uh, read the books with us so that you know exactly what we're talking about as we uh, move forward. So, again, if you'd like to do that with us, you can pause now and read through uh, Tarzan of the Apes, chapter 23, all the way through to the end, and then come back and take a listen and go, oh, yeah, they, they said some interesting stuff, or go, oh, yeah, they sound like idiots, um, or both. And
1: Definitely one of the two.
0: Uh, and and uh, I don't know why this would be your first time listening to this episode or this show, but if it is...
1: It's a weird place to start.
0: It's a weird place to start. Go back and listen to everything else, or at least the first three episodes of Tarzan, but if it is... You can get episodes of Tarzan for free. That's the thing I want to impart upon you, dear listener. There are plenty of places to go to get it for free. We've established before you should probably read the complete and unabridged editions if you want to listen to all the explicit racism. Um, if you <laughs> if you want to avoid that because you are have a more sensitive constitution and you don't enjoy that aspect of history and would like to whitewash it away, there's another version, the one that Rob's reading, because like you, he also has a sensitive stomach. And that's not true. In he didn't know. We didn't hurt. know. We didn't know. We didn't know. Um We didn't know. Rob loves reveling in the sorrow of humanity. Um, like me. But they uh <laughs> So I think we should just get started. Okay, that brings us to chapter twenty
1: three. Brother Men. You wanna do a, uh uh do an overview. Uh, an overview of this chapter?
0: Yeah, so in this uh chapter Tarzan uh treats Darno's wounds um he he they end up communicating to each other. They figure out that Tarzan can read English and or and write English, so they communicate with each other that way but and speak
1: they... no evil. <laughs> uh,
0: like a like a good uh paperweight ape. Um the uh <laughs> Aperweight. Aperweight. Weird. That sounds like a flavor of that like fruit leather. Yeah. Like, like, a grape I, I feel like or apricot. Oh, apricot.
1: No one ever thinks of it. Well, they always go for the grape. They never go for apricot. What's that about? Grapeism. Not
0: today. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't <laughs> um So fucking
1: Darno. Darno teaches Tarzan to Darno starts teaching Tarzan French and after they get good and going with that he's like oh you read english and maybe i should have gone with that oh well c'est la vie it's too late now mon dieu mon dieu
0: um
1: Tabernacle, so after a Canadian few days listeners.
0: after a few days uh of resting and healing and 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 uh tending to his wounds they make their way back to the camp uh, to find that none of the frenchmen or any of uh, Jane's family or are, are there, and they
1: <laughs> they enter the cabin, see some letters.
0: They see some letters. They see some some supplies. Tarzan bolts out of rage because he's really hoping to hook up with Jane. And he's like, Nobody
1: wants me. I'm out of here. Tarzan <laughs> out.
0: And so then uh, the Frenchman reads the letter that was open. There's two letters addressed to Tarzan. One was from Jane. One was from one is sealed from Jane. The other one is just from everybody else, I guess. And it was open. And it basically said, "Oi, we're leaving. And uh, here's some stuff. Sorry, we didn't find you. You seem like a cool bloke, but we're out. And uh, I don't know why I'm using British affectations, but
1: because it was from Clayton. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're good.
0: they so, the, so uh, Darno reads that and then like he's like freaked out because he's alone in the cabin because Tarzan's gonna go back to be a jungle ape. And then, like, later that night, the door to the cabin starts to try to open, the, and Darno's already locked it and it finds a way to open. And as it opens, just before the chapter ends, Darno fires a gunshot into the door to whoever was opening it.
1: Sacre bleu.
0: Um, I have one note in this chapter. Okay, what was that? Very simply, uh, when Tarzan's writing the letter to darno he writes about people like kerchak and numa he he uses those names in the writing and that was something we talked about earlier about how because he's not phonetically literate Mm -hmm. he wouldn't know how to and and he only referred to those creatures in verbally before right he would entire life the,
1: the inverse of his whole of the whole writing his name thing like right he would well, I guess it's the same as writing his name. It's exactly the same. Yeah, as writing that's what his name. I meant. He's, he's, he's never. By inverse, seen I meant written. the opposite. Of an inverse, uh, you meant
0: the direct thing you're saying. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, say it like that, sure. Um, but yes, having only ever pronounced Kerchak, but having no idea what the letters K E R C H E K signify sound wise, he, yeah, he would it's, say it's a uh... great angry ape man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or. Or whatever he would call Numa, who who knows. Um, that's my only note, just a little bit of a you know, whatever there. You got any notes in this chapter? Um
1: I I, I I kind of found it obnoxious that uh they had this line if you if you are an ape, you will do as apes will do. Leave one of your own kind to die in the jungle. That's where Tarzan has his change of heart and wants to go back to Darno. Um but it just seemed like it was Burroughs coming down on apes and and making them out to be, uh, just 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 really leaning into that whole they're less than human. And you're like, well, you like you know the and, complex structures that apes have, man.
0: But specifically, what it means to be human is to be generous and kind and not savage. Yeah, unless your like skin's that's, different. Exactly, and that's what his like. Oh. That's the part that feels like it's. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> It's it's the thing where like we 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 could say that he, you know, we don't know what kind of information they had at the time about apes, and that's we true. We don't know what kind of science they they understood. We like uh you know, the whole reason I'm pretty sure that the the big reason why Jane Goodall went out to study chimps in the first place was to. Get a better idea about what their family structures actually looked like, because up until then, no one had really done that. It was all this sort of like conjecture, this guesswork, because that comes from a place of feeling like humans
1: are just superior. And it's a fair argument, but from what I've seen of Burroughs writing about everything else, I can also find it easy to believe he just wrote some shit about apes.
0: Are do you have any? Do you have any more notes? No. All right, moving on to chapter twenty-four. Lost
1: treasure.
0: Okay, I have an overview for Lost Treasure.
1: Yeah, give me that.
0: Uh, this chapter covers the activities of the French seamen and the porters and their accompaniment. <laughs> you did, god damn it! Um, bas- basically, Jane doesn't want to leave uh, the 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 bay because uh, this is this chapter happens while Tarzan's taking care of Darno in the jungle.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, this is the this is the, this is the meanwhile at right. stately Tarzan cabin
0: meanwhile in the halls of tarzan um and then uh so she she argues very vehemently to keep them there and keep them sticking around so that they can wait for Tarzan and darno to come back because she really wants that Tarzan flesh um
1: <laughs> but um, but they and, don't they oh, don't sorry.
0: agree with her and they 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 give her six days they say we'll wait for like a week if they don't come back in a week we got to get gtfo we're running out of supplies we got to go
1: but meanwhile, they also go to dig up uh, the professor's treasure, since they have one of the uh, the, the pirates right. uh, in chains, and he shows them where the treasure should be. But when mm-hmm. they dig it up, ain't nothing there. No, there's not, it's not that there's nothing there. Ain't nothing treasure-like there, because Tarzan previously took it out. There is a body.
0: Yeah. The rat-faced man's body's there. Snape, which is what or whatever we, his name is. <laughs> which is what lets them know... the sailors were correct and they find a hole where the treasure chest should have been
1: and his body's Um, fallen apart which was delightfully grisly. like they dig it up and it's been rotting under the ground and they're like oh mon dieu
0: this guy is falling to pieces yeah it's like a it's like a Werner Herzog film (laughs) grizzly man
1: (laughs) and then the bear ate the French seaman. I can't I can't do a Werner Herzog I can't I'm sorry I almost—I thought I had it, and then my voice was like, "Oh no, this is not for you."
0: If I let really me think if I can do one. I I know I can't do one, but I'm gonna try because I'm, I'm I'm just so ready to embarrass myself. Um, and there he stood, with his brothers, the bears, and when he turned his back on him them, they ate him.
1: It was better than anything I supplied. So, good for you.
0: There's something way something about Herzog that like. In the way he talks, that I'm not capturing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's
1: it's like the 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 classic uh, caricature like I, German accent, but it's also stilted in an odd way. What, that I what can't I'm put my what finger the on. problem
0: I'm doing is I'm adding way too much whisper and 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 breathy, and he has but something like he that. he does have something. Yes, but it's like from a deeper register. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not my playground.
0: Yeah. It's we multi- both have failed you, uh, listener. Uh, uh. That sounds like I'm trying a Rickman. Um,
1: sea? Fuck. I, I, Rickman's not... Can you do a German Rick... Do Hans Gruber.
0: Do a... No. I can't do a Rick... Uh,
1: Whoever said we were terrorists. Ho, ho, ho. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mister Cowboy? Is, this is all cut. <laughs> <laughs> leaving it in, we are leaving it in. Um, Alan Rickman auditions for Werner Herzog.
0: Uh, R.I.P.
1: Both. Oh wait, no, Werner Herzog's not
0: dead. What are you talking?
1: <laughs> My mistake.
0: The French government gave us unprecedented... Pre- it's not a good one. It's not even close. <laughs> we can't. Um, fuck. Look, uh,
1: there, there are things that we are very talented in. This is not them. And that's okay. We can't be all things to all men. Fuck. Especially if those men are Werner Herzog and Alan Rickman.
0: I wish I had nothing but time to practice a Herzog. Um, um
1: speaking of voices in this chapter... Uh, now that we've in the last episode discovered the discrepancy between my Esmeralda and your Esmeralda, mm-hmm. anytime I read Esmeralda, my brain is, can't help but make it as, as just as bad as possible. It just turns that dial up past past 10, but before 12, if you know what I'm saying.
0: I've heard, I remember, I've heard somewhere, and I don't recall where, but I've heard stories of, like, actors having to deal with, like, like African-American actors having to deal with casting directors, being mm-hmm. like, mm, so, mm-hmm. can you just do a bit more?
1: Like, can you make it a little, I don't know, sassy? Like. <laughs> that kind of thing? I've heard this too.
0: <laughs> just, like, a little bit more. Like, I just want, I want this character to really feel authentic.
1: <laughs> Authentically, and, what? Oh, uh, 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 just just authentic, whatever that means to you.
0: No, no, I, like I this character for me, this character doesn't have a bone of, like, self recognition. They don't have any capacity to go. <laughs> oh no, no, I I know what I'm doing is offensive, but I still have to do it. They're they're like looking at it like, like uh, you know, authentic, <laughs> a, or, or like or like, <laughs> mm, is that how you would say it? Try not to act. Just be just be natural. <laughs> oh, God. Like, if you could... Like, if you were hanging out with your friends...
1: Mm-hmm. Your homies.
0: I'm so glad you said it, because I was thinking it, and I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I know. I know. I, Again, I, I feel fucking, like you've trapped me. I've trapped you. I put out that tiger pit, and you walked right into it. Um... <laughs>
1: what's um, this what's this big spread out pile of leaves on the ground it looks like a great place for me to put my tiger feet what um, gravity <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, listen i I don't want I don't want to give you a line reading but I know what the director's looking for mm-hmm. and he's looking for more <laughs> so if you could you know, we, we all know what we're here for. Just give me, just give me more. Let me put it this way. This is just, this is just a casting session. You've, I don't have time for this, but the person who gets this gig will do more. Do you want to be the guy? <laughs> you got to do more. All right, let's do it again from one.
1: And that's what it feels like when I read Esmeralda. And
0: that's my incredibly insensitive, racist casting director character. (laughs) Um, Character. (sighs) Esmeralda, yes. You you end up putting a lot more of that in there because you know what you're not seeing. I know Um,
1: what I'm not seeing. Well, I mean, arguably... No, I was going to say, arguably, I'm making it worse, but I can't. Because the way it was originally written was so bad. But hey, on the flip side... Uh, I really liked Lieutenant Charpentier's account of being scared in the jungle.
0: Yeah, that was really intense. Did you you want to read that?
1: Uh, Well, it's funny you should say it, but I happen to have an excerpt ready to go. I don't know about that, said Lieutenant Charpentier. I never thought much about fear and that sort of thing. Never tried to determine whether I was a coward or a brave man. But the other night, as we lay in the jungle there after poor Darnot was taken and those jungle noises rose and fell around us, I began to think I was a coward, indeed. It was not the roaring and the growling of the big beast that affected me so much, it was, it was the stealthy noises, the ones that you heard suddenly close by and then listened vainly for a repetition of, the unaccountable sounds, as of a great body moving almost noiselessly, and the knowledge that you didn't know how close it was, or whether it was creeping closer after you ceased to hear it. It was those noises, and the eyes... Mon Dieu! I shall see them in the dark forever—the eyes that you see, and those that you don't see but feel. Ah, oh, they are the worst. Yeah, I like that part.
0: Yeah, I feel like that bit itself could be like a, like a poem. Hmm. Like, uh I wish I knew great poets where I would reference one. Um. Like a Hughes poem. Is that a poet's name?
1: I'm sure there's a poet named Hughes. Is I'm Langston sure. Hughes a
0: poem? A poet? Yes, you got it. It sounds like a Langston Hughes poem. To to what I imagine that would sound like. Yeah, um, for sure. Anyone who knows poetry would know <laughs> that.
1: Or or Sappho.
0: No, no, oh, I yeah. I know. N- uh, oof. you know her. I yeah. Do, do I know her? I had the internet when I was twelve.
1: Yeah. Let me just
0: say, I'm real familiar with the uh, descendants of her
1: work. Good lord. Do you want me to leave that in? Yeah. It's a funny joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Poets is what I'm saying. Artists. People who Hmm. are masters of self expression. Did you have anyone else in this chapter? No. All right. Then that brings us to chapter 25.
1: The outpost of the world.
0: Uh, I've got an overview.
1: Uh, My overview is nothing really. Bonding, (laughs) jungle trek, racism.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Here's what actually happened in the chapter. Um, (laughs) uh, This chapter's a lot of planning about the future and explaining the past. Darno and Tarzan head for civilization after Tarzan reads Jane's letter. After a quick geography lesson (laughs) where... In, in which Darno explains to Tarzan the fact that the Earth is round uh, They're on a continent called Africa. A continent is a landmass so we're usually surrounded by water uh, that is made up of its own individual, essentially, tectonic plate. Um, there are seven of those on the planet which we are in called Earth. A planet is a mass of matter uh, floating through space that is one uh, of many in a solar system. A solar system is a system of uh, celestial objects that orbit around a uh, sun, a, a gas giant that uh, burns for billions of years uh, before gradually expanding and uh, consuming all of its planets before going supernova. Supernova is when, and he explains all of this shit. So that it's basically Tarzan,
1: the Monty Python universe song.
0: So he, he explains everything so that he can say, hey, Tarzan, you can't walk to Baltimore. <laughs> Cause Tarzan's like, I don't get it. I'll just walk to her. Where'd she go?
1: Yeah, I know I can't walk there. Darno, I'll swing in the trees. Right, Ape man. Hello.
0: <laughs> and then Darno's like, How about uh, you? You die. Is basically what he says. he's like, and this is what water is. Tarzan. And Tarzan's like, I know what water is. You dipshit. Um, he's like, Yeah, but do you know what the sea is? And he goes, I could see all my life. Anyway, and then they like, they they he explains that she's really far away. It'll take a lot of money, a lot of time to get to her, and then. Uh, then they decide they're going to set out for civilization, and so they start to like walk. And as they walk, then they remember, oh shit, Tarzan is rich not only because he's the he's Lord Greystoke, but also because he 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 actually is in in possession of the doubloons and pieces of eight that were buried by the pirates. So he was like, I'll go back and get it. Darn! I was like, dude, I will die if you go back and get it right now. How about we just go to civilization? Then we'll charter a boat. We'll come back to your bay. We'll pick up the treasure. We'll will boat over to Baltimore. You can you can find Jane, and then you guys can live happily ever after. Uh, and Tarzan's like, whatever. Um, so then, uh, then uh, Darno realizes that Tarzan has a diary that's written in French, and he reads it and explains to Tarzan what hap- what who the who the people in the cabin were, and suggests that he believes Tarzan is their long lost son, uh, and. He finds on the corners of the pages of this diary, little tiny baby human fingerprints uh, smudged with the ink that Lord Greystoke was using to write these uh, entries with. And uh, Darno suspects that those fingerprints will match Tarzan's because, it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So that's pretty much what happens in this chapter.
1: Also, they get some real clothes, some duck clothes. Which are basically khakis this? made out of no, like, that's coarse not this canvas. That's the next it happens at the very end. It happens at the very end of the goddamn chapter.
0: When they when they get when they meet that priest who pulls a gun on them.
1: Yes. After the priest is like, "Oh, well, welcome to civilization. If you're not here to kill us, I'll have my ladies make you some white duck clothes."
0: Do you have any um, more notes in this chapter?
1: Other than uh, white duck clothes. No.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on. Chapter. 12. Hold on. All right. Well, then, then let's jump into chapter twenty-six.
1: The height of civilization.
0: Uh, the do you have an overview for this chapter?
1: Um, this is a chapter with, uh, brawling, hunting, and fingerprints.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Do you want to expand? My first note's
0: about now nah, because because that's that's what it's about. Like, okay. Uh, there's so so what happens in this chapter is basically, uh, Tarzan and Darno establish themselves in some sort of like town or port in uh, the part of Africa they're in that's uh civilized, you know, in, in hard air quotes. Seemingly by French people who are... have, like, a resort, and they all just chill at this resort. There's a lot of rich people, and there's a whole bunch of rich people that hang out and while they're hanging out, and, and they introduce... Tarzan gets acclimated. He learns to speak French better. He gets dressed. He doesn't wander around naked and eat with his hands as much anymore. He becomes a little bit civilized. And... Uh, he learns quickly because he's the peak of all humanity. And there's this, I think this is the part where, like, do you have anything you want to say about the attack?
1: They have this whole crazy man going crazy with a knife and becoming a serious threat and Tarzan nonchalantly dispatching him, which is, you know, the classic bully fantasy that everyone's had. Like I would yeah. just do this and ha ha, and I'm so strong. I can just grab his wrist and break his arm in a swift movement, and it's pretty standard, typical sh- superhero fare. But they make such a point about how this crazy person is also a black person that it just—it's very uncomfortable to read. I, yeah, but I,
0: then also not only that, but then there's this whole thing about like later. So then, so that happens, hmm. and the guy's taken away, and then later there's this thing where. Tarzan's hanging around with a bunch of one percenters. Oh, no,
1: I I, I was going to move to that next. Do you have anything else to say about the, no, fuck no.
0: Okay. Uh, And, and, uh, but this, this is the tie in. Yeah. Okay. They're having this conversation with these one percenters where they, uh, the rich people are telling, asking Tarzan about lions and if he's scared of them and if he would, how he feels about killing them and, and all this other stuff. And Tarzan's like, you know, I'm not. I don't feel like they're. What do you What do you call them? There's this whole thing about them being. Uh...
1: They're saying lions are 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 cruel and and right. and and vicious. And Tarzan's like, Nah, man. Everyone's all lions are different. They all have their different personalities. Sure, some are like that, but some aren't.
0: Right. And then and then it's it's crazy because you read that and you go, This is the same guy who just wrote this whole bit about how this other guy was like a horrible, violent person, and then really emphasized his skin color
1: and then Tarzan says you might as well judge all black people by that crazy guy the other night
0: if you're gonna judge all lions by the the one scary lion then you might as well judge all black people
1: the and same it's way. like is that a progressive yeah how thing he just did he said just get Edgar Rice Burroughs what what this is not I don't I'm so confused.
0: Well, especially because there's so much of it that's, like, put into the story about, like, these savage things. And that's one of the hard things, like, for me, being ignorant about different cultures, like, practices.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I was
0: thinking of uh, today, and I was thinking about how, you know, we've talked about this, like, there's indigenous people who f- are... In media, oftentimes, overly characterized as uh, violent, sort of like you know, extra cruel, extra aggressive, extra violent uh, indigenous people mm-hmm. w- w- in like colonial fiction, in in like stories where you have like you know people fighting against Native Americans or like um, I talked about, I think last episode, I think I talked about Thirteenth Warrior. Mm -hmm. Like these bits where these people get overly represented in this way. And I think that the overrepresentation has a lot of problems that comes with it. And one of them is that it starts to become the only thing you think of. And so the descendants of the people who these stories are based on uh, sort of get saddled with like residual responsibility for those fictional actions that are maybe based on real things. Mm-hmm. And then that starts to become too much of their modern identity in, at least in pop culture. Um And so then that starts to become problematically unlike uneven. And, and I think as a person who's just observing it and doesn't have those connections to my own culture or my own heritage, I look at it like I, I get sort of like confused because there's part of me that's like, well, isn't some of this based on like historical like d- documentation and, and and reality of something that actually happened and it's like yeah but like why do we only have to tell those stories and I likened it to I was thinking about it, I likened it to like modern day like female genital mutilation I mean oh. male male genital mutilation too but there's there's horrible things that actually happen with like certain cultures around the world that from our perspective seem awful and seem like they should stop. But like it becomes that thing where it's like, what responsibility do we have to police someone else's culture? Number one.
1: Also, when you're presented with a phrase and I'm not extolling any kind of virtue about genital manipulation or mutilation, mutilation. sorry, Uh, um, I'm not I'm not I'm not in its court at all. Um, But it is always an interesting thought experiment to say, you know, circumcision, genital mutilation. It is.
0: It is, and and I think that that's that's a totally fair thing to counterpoint with, and say like, so stop there first. Um, just
1: just just consider,
0: right? Th-
1: that is that, right? So whatever like, its reasons are, that is also sure, general <laughs> mutilation.
0: It is. Um. It's it's less based in the like demonizing of women themselves, or, sure. Or sure absolutely. The gender itself, absolutely. But, like, but uh, but anyway, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking like you know that's a modern day barbaric thing that happens, and there must have been barbaric things that in that were ob- indigenous people were observed doing, and I'm complete of of not just the United States. I want to make that very clear. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the indigenous people of anywhere where colonial, especially British. You know, settlers would come in and observe these things and document them and then those documentations those stories that would be told how truthful or not it's almost impossible to say at this point because I don't even know which ones I'm individually talking about because it seems like just sort of like a a concept of them
1: beyond colonials if you're an outsider you're going to observe things that you're going to report as barbarism
0: right but but like those things that are that become stories it's hard to prove their their reality because they're they're from a time where you know, who knows what was written? Who knows what someone embellished when they published? And who knows how much recourse the person telling a story could have or would have wanted to have if they were over embellished or under embellished or whatever? Um, it's history is messy, but it certainly seems like human history. Taking away the the colonial and the otherwise, human history is bloody. Human history is violent. Human history is cruel. Um, but the thing that I see and the thing I see in this book. Which strikes me about this moment in the book is that there's this overrepresentation of the cannibalistic the the shaved tooth the torturous and violent murderous african indigenous people
1: the wanton cruelty for the fun of being wantonly cruel
0: right and 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 the disregard for how that could reflect upon people who for whom that is, something like that could have been or at least close to or resemble uh Their heritage Mm -hmm. is is uh, upsetting because, again, it becomes like how how often is it is any of this represented in a way that doesn't feel like this? And I don't know the answer, but I can I feel like for Burroughs to write it, it must have been a thing that at the time was very acceptable, almost in no way problematic to anybody who was had any sort of authority to change it or affect it or comment on it anyway just lots of thoughts about that that sort of popped up as as this moment this weird moment where he says you might as well judge all black men by that one guy last night or black people by that one man last night and it's like damn dude i you're throwing me for a loop Burroughs," because the the rest of the book feels like this sort of cartoonishly unrealistic or at least to me in my in my modern security unrealistic thing um but that's and that's why I brought up the general mutilation because I was trying to check my privilege. I was trying to check myself, being like, you know, there's really awful shit that happens out there um, now, like in modern. There's awful shit that happens in our in our world, like our our, our first world, if you will. That's what I really meant by our world. Um, that's awful. Like I would think about growing up and seeing those pictures of like Abu Ghraib, or I I remember seeing things like, uh, or or like beheading videos, mm-hmm. or like. Um, these are all or, – or, like, hanging, lynching, like, like uh, burning people alive, tar and feathering. This is all shit that is, has happened in the last 100 years or the last 10, last 5. Like, this is shit that happens that's awful, uh, terrifying. mm mm-hmm. um, some of, the, some of the shit you hear about, like, on, on like, shows like Dateline or, or true crime shows that are about, like, some of the thing organized crime does around the world, they seem horrifying. And you and, and the thing is, like, that's the thing that I take away from it is, like, you, you don't have to just have it be barbarism that stems from a lack of culture. Barbarism is just part of what being human is. And it exists in all forms of our culture. I I am sincerely afraid of our potentially inevitable, you know, cyborgian future because I feel like we're going to bleed in this barbarism, this violence, this penchant for savagery that's in all of us, into our digital selves. That's going to cause it to just Mm self-destruct. It's going to rapidly. I imagine it would rapidly do it if if it does it at all because, you know, you're talking about. It takes humans a long time to change. It does. It wouldn't take a program a long time to change. Um. Maybe it would. I don't fucking know. Anyway, it just like I'm just in this moment of like trying to grapple with the feeling like I I want to like stories with like like we talked about last episode the the uh, tribal native people who are. A scary, you know, threat because their area is being invaded, and they are colorful and they're interesting and they're they're uh, you know different, scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the different isn't the part that I care about. That, that's it, they are it, yes, but that's I don't. That's not really the right word because it inspires a, co- a concept of like non-threatening difference.
1: No, but um, I'm saying that's that's. I feel like what a lot of authors gravitate uh, at the time gravitated towards to make them. Uh, that's all you needed to to be a villain.
0: Yes, right. Yeah, that, that's lazy. Um, but I, I think for me, it's like it's such an archetype of the adventure serial mm-hmm. that like I that's what I like about it. Like when I think about Johnny Quest, I think about and how much I like Johnny Quest. I think about the opening sequences like it's that's or the episodes that involve like, you know, going into the jungle, going into different places and encountering these people who are protecting their, you know, incredibly, you know, mystical artifacts that help them do these incredible things that if only, uh, you know, the science basic tech societies could grab it, grasp, grapple and grasp rather, and learn the tricks of, Oh, we could have so many more advancements that are being held you know, in in preservation by these uh, time lost tribes. That's fun. I mean, there's something fun about that adventure concept. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I feel like I, I guess what I'm saying is like I'm a I'm, I am i am i do not like feeling like that thing is could be on the chopping block. I mean, all that stuff still exists, but like
1: sure. You want anyway. the 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 uncovering of the secrets without the horrific
0: no i also i what i want is more representation of other stories about indigenous peoples yes (laughs) like i i I want more like content about like no 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 okay what about people who don't have to defend their world against alien invaders like colonists what about Mm. what about that like what about what's just happening what about the dramas of their lives before they had to deal with like people with muskets um. Just or, or or I don't know. I don't mean that, that. stuff kind of interests me. Anyway, it's just a weird thing for Tarzan to to interject, and it felt odd uh, for it to be in this book, considering mm-hmm. everything else. That's a little short version of what I said. Before, the whole thing I just said. So drunk.
1: Drunk with power. Uh the rest of the chapter is Darno taking Tarzan to France. Nope. Where he takes. Nope. What do you mean? Nope. nope?
0: No, then there's this lion fight.
1: Oh shit! You're right, there's this, this whole lion fight, lion fight
0: <laughs> where where like the the French. So the guys... rest of the chapter, no.
1: Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's sitting with the hunters, and they're talking about lions, and and it comes up that he, I mean Tarzan does come out and say it, but he's kind of just like, you guys are kind of, you know, weenies when it comes to hunting lions because you've got thirty beaters out there and a. Uh, a caddy for your six guns and all your different things. And you just find a lion and you point and you shoot and that's over. And that's, I mean, that's not a challenge.
0: Yeah. And, and they say, well, you know, you couldn't kill a lion with nothing but a, a knife and a, and in a loincloth. And Tarzan's like, no, I couldn't. I would also need a rope. And they are like, (laughs) "Ah, (laughs) this fucking guy, you can believe what he just fucking said. He wants a rope. Okay. Okay. Big shot. Okay. You get a knife. You get a rope, you take your little loincloth out there, you fucking bring back a lion, I'll give you 10 fucking thousand francs. And then Tarzan looks over Darno and Darno like, "Do it." <laughs> do it. And Tarzan's like, "Shrug. What the fuck do I care?" And he starts disrobing and they're like, "Bro, bro, 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 bro." bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh,
1: first of all, this is dumb. Second of all, wait till daytime. Well,
0: they're like, "It's late at night." Yeah. And and they're like, "You should we don't I don't want you to die. I don't I it's, I I just want you to be humiliated and then like uh, you give me 10 fucking thousand francs and and Tarzan's like no i'm going to go tonight and then i think like at some point there's a well timed lion roar from the jungle and they're like what's probably what he, started the conversation yeah. but and yeah and then he and then he like looks at him he's like shrug and he just starts walking into the jungle and they're like they wait like anxiously for a while like sort of like tapping their cigarette cases and they're just like uh, uh so how about the cricket teams right uh <laughs> shit and then, like, after about a couple, an hour, I don't remember how long it is, but after a little while. How about that like...
1: Jacques Hughes article, right, guys?
0: And then they're like, uh, you know what? Fuck it. We got to go get this guy. We got to bring him back in. I don't care. I'll give him the 10 grand. I don't want him to die. And so they go out there and they, they, they rouse up a hunting party and they find him. And then he, as they find him, he's, like, walking out of the jungle with a deadline over his shoulder. Like, shrug, I did it. Where's my money? And they're like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy did it? And then they like pay up or something. But the thing that's like interesting about that is that it's this idea of like, to me, the interesting part was again this this weird wokeness in in from Tarzan about uh, fairness in hunting.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: to me, it's like this idea of that's like a problem I have with modern day hunting, and especially modern day like trophy hunting, or or the the what I personally consider to be the. The misnomer of the conservation hunting. Um, this idea that, oh, we have all these endangered animals that live in all these places and they're so important and so special for our economies and our biodiversity um, that we need to protect them from poachers and other things. So instead of just letting them live and, and having people donate money to take care of them, we'll actually sell the right to kill them and take their trophies home to the highest bidder and then though that money will go to fund our services and but we have to but the only reason people the, the thing you get out of it by making that payment is the thrill of the kill right and it seems to me like if you really care, if your real priority was the safety of the animals, wouldn't you just give them money? Because like the problem I have with it is the is the incentive of the dollar. So like if you're if the thing you're selling is the right to kill an animal, and you're assuring the public who objects that oh but the animals we're selecting are like problematic or old or diseased or you know violent, then it becomes like well who it gets to make that decision, and and is the person making that decision also a person who would greatly benefit from selling more? kills because if that's the case then it certainly seems kind of like you could just have someone walk over to you once you're on your safari and say hey man uh you know we got a we got a little bit of a surplus in giraffe would you like to shoot a giraffe for a grand and then the person who's already there they've already spent twenty thousand dollars to kill a lion is like oh wait a minute the lion could look really good in my south wing but the giraffe oh, that could look really good in my entryway. And then it's like, yeah, I'll pay a grand to kill a giraffe. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Take your pick. And, it, and they don't really... I don't know if they do that. But that's how it, it... It feels like the information that's being given to about how the process works isn't super clear. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like there's a an arbiter who's not equally invested in the money that's being transmitted, or that's changing hands. That Opportunity for corruption is a huge part of my problem with that practice. And um it's 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 like one of the only like social things I care about. <laughs> um uh, and it just it just bums me out because it, it seems so like you know, it's like it's such a weirdly convenient like excuse. Like, oh, but I if I don't kill this horrible mean wicked lion then it's
1: bloodthirsty giraffe
0: th- yeah this yeah this this zebra that won't stop biting babies do you want the zebra out there biting babies they're basically
1: the, compies they're the compies the, of the of the belt
0: he's the he's the michael myers of zebras you know this. <laughs> and, and i and i and it's i've i've paid for the privilege to take him down to stop his rampage of baby biting and Tell your
1: friends about Loomis Safaris.
0: <laughs> and uh, and it just it just feels like it just feels too too convenient. Uh, I I just don't buy it. And especially because, as far as I understand, like again, uh, the meat for these animals that are killed may go to local people. It may actually be used, mm-hmm. but then it still just feels like why can't all this money just be put into better security, better shit about like catching and, and ex- like, like straight up this is how fucking hardcore i am about it M- execute poachers just kill them
1: just put them in fucking- gibbets
0: no yeah just chop their fucking heads off feed yeah. them to lions i'm saying hang,
1: hang their hang their bodies as a warning yeah, to yes. other poachers
0: right just do it all always all of them a hundred percent forever and my problem is that I believe that so seriously that I suspect that these people who run these conservatories are kind of just, like, white-collar poachers. And that's mm-hmm. what pisses me off, is that it feels like, oh, wait a minute, so you can poach as long as the government gives you a license and you say you're a conservation center. Like, and I, I'll i be honest, this is straight talking out of my ass, but it, like, that's – narratively, that's my suspicion, is that I don't trust – the system that sells the thing to, to that sells the opportunity to kill the thing it's claiming to protect inherently mm-hmm. that seems hypocritical. Sure. Um, and I don't mean hypocritical like as in a hippopotamus
1: <laughs> that's gone critical because it's been shot by a poacher,
0: the animal that kills the most people every year in Africa. Um, anyway, just just me talking about being suspicious. Um, I'm
1: down with suspicion. I'm here for so, it. So
0: so it's cool it was cool to see like you know cuz there's nothing I don't, I don't and that's the thing is these people who like drape themselves in these colors of nobility for being this these great white hunters who go out there and like they murder these animals and they conquer these beasts and they get to hang their heads up in their fucking mansions and also that money's tax deductible mm. because or presumably because it's going towards a an international conservatory for these animals or conservation center Or a sanctuary, again, it just, it feels like white collar poaching. It feels like you, as long as, it's like this thing that's my big problem with fucking all of it, is like, if you're rich enough, you can do crimes. Mm -hmm. If you're rich enough, the law doesn't apply to you. If you're rich enough to be, to pay to get a hall pass for poaching, you can do it if you can't, if you're rich enough, you can pay to commit crimes and pay a fine because the fine costs less than not doing the crime. That kind of shit. Fuck those people. Gibbets. So like to hear Burroughs say shit that kind of sounds like that was pretty baller. <laughs> like it was very much like, oh, this guy gets it. Like this idea of like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt a grizzly bear with a, for, or I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt wolves from a from a helicopter. I'm such a fucking cool guy. Look at me, I'm like Rambo, killing wolves from a from a, the safety of a helicopter. And then I'm going to play some fucking, like, ACDC and some fucking, like, you know, the hardest music I can find that's all about killing. And I'm going to, like, it's just going to become my whole identity that I'm such a brutal murder machine that and I get to do that with all this technology that I didn't earn, that I didn't like build myself, that I didn't <laughs> that I the, the animal I'm slaughtering, that the fish I'm shooting in the barrel doesn't have a chance to fight back. Right. It feels like that's basically what Tarzan was saying. It was like, you should let them give them a chance to fight back. Get yeah. out there in the woods. Get out there with a like only take what you can build and, and actually you...
1: feel, you know, be, be a part of this, this, this dance if you will this this experience don't remove yourself from it because what's the point but yeah. also it was just so much fun to read his whole just uh, the, the the showing up the, the 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 hunters the going through with it the, the the nonchalance in dealing with them with the respect for the line it was great it was just a, a very fun part of the book
0: yeah, sorry for rambling, but yeah, it was, a, it was a fun part of the book.
1: And that brings us into fingerprints.
0: Sure, and then that brings us into fingerprints. <laughs> what do you want to say about fingerprints?
1: Uh, Darnaud takes Tarzan to Paris, where a lot of fingerprinting uh, advancements had actually been made around this time. And uh gives them a brief history on fingerprinting and then they take Tarzan's fingerprints to compare to the infant prints in the book and I just I thought that was a fun little use of science uh in the story.
0: Yeah, I remember it's super clever. It's just a super clever like um no, I I really I really liked it. I thought it was you know, I don't know the shit about the history of fingerprinting, so like to to see it in the story and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna prove it," and then be, and then even now being like, "Yeah, that kind of works." Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. But I think at this point, there's there's a big difference between our books.
1: Uh, yeah, there is, and this is actually the first difference I discovered trying to trying to research O'Gabriel, and that is in my book. Uh, during this frigga print section. Uh, Tarzan asked, do fingerprints show racial characteristics? Can you determine, for example, solely from fingerprints whether the subject was Negro or Caucasian? I think not, replied the officer. And in your book, which is, I I discovered specifically this online, but didn't bring it up to you because it was later in the book than we had read at that point. Uh, In your book, it goes, uh, could you determine, for example, slowly from the fingerprints whether the subject was Negro or Caucasian? I think not," replied the officer. Although some claim that those of the Negro are less complex. Ouch! And if you wanted to be generous, you could say that the officer was merely suggesting that someone had those thoughts, not that he or the author had those right, thoughts. Right, right. But it brings to mind the fact that someone out there had those thoughts. And it's also and that's hard. awful.
0: It's hard to look at that without. Like, as if it's somehow easy to divorce it from all the other racial content in this book.
1: That's true. I I don't. I personally do not divorce it from that, but I'm saying that argument could be made, and that this couldn't be a specific nail in the coffin of Burroughs' white supremacy. Uh, But it doesn't make me like him anymore.
0: No, it's...
1: It's not... It's it's ugly.
0: It would be so much cooler if, like, he said... The guy said that, and then, like... There was a line or something that says like, "And Darnot curls his nose in disgust," so or even if the like,
1: even if the French officer said, which is of course bull merde.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but again, it's it's a different time. It's so, and it's not to say it excuses it. It's just like, at what point can you like put expect modern like expectations or standards on these things? Like, is it? Mm-hmm. Like can can we can we read it objectively, which I think is what I try to do. It's hard. I try to do that and go. If it's overtly racist, like some of the other shit in this book that we've talked about, especially last episode, <laughs> um, it's just like no, there's no. There, I think I got it. I think I know what this guy's saying, and it's awful. But this one is like one of those lines where it's it's written in such a strange way where it's hard to say. It's hard to say he's not, because especially considering, that's the thing, talking about divorcing it, this fucking last chapter had these weird moments where it was, like, extra woke. And there's more later. There's more to come. Yeah. Um, And and so it's hard to say, like, whether or not that one was, like, the perspective of the guy who was writing the story about the cannibalistic Africans. Or the guy who was, like, you can't judge any one, anyone like, group based on the actions of one person.
1: Right, right. It's it's crazy. But it was also, I mean, that was the moment where I went, I- I- I'm sorry, what? Right. And then I, you know, continues, you know, looking through the article where it talked about all the incredibly uh, uncomfortable um, dialogue that Esmeralda had, and which I brought up to you. And you said, no, that's exactly what the book is. Right. And that's when we went, oh, shit. So this is that moment echoing backwards through time. Yeah. Like a tachyon.
0: Oh, Fourth Dimensions.
1: <laughs> uh, that's all I have for this chapter. Um,
0: let's see if I have anything else for this chapter. Nope. That brings us to Chapter 27.
1: The Giant again.
0: Here's what happened in this chapter. Uh, We get a lot more insights into Jane's uh, multitude of courtships. By this time, the, we are back in Baltimore as hmm. Jane's and her father's uh, brownstone or whatever kind of like fancy home they have is essentially being... Uh, moved out as they're preparing to sell it, I believe, and then mm-hmm. move to her farm in Wisconsin. Uh, which is one of
1: those tenant farms where like the farmers uh, farm the land. And then a lot of that money goes back to the owner of the farm, which in this case would be Jane Porter. Right. So she would make income off the, off the farmers. Right. Very big in Downton Abbey.
0: Right. Um, and then, uh, so, so Jane, her father, Uh, Clayton Esmeralda and this other suitor whose name is
1: Robert Candler, and then Mr. Philander, the guy who funded Porter's expedition,
0: right? And Mr. Philander, they all head out to Wisconsin. um, And so, we're gonna do the overview first. And and so, somehow, uh, and then once they get out there, uh, there's this whole wildfire that happens that starts to burn up the town, and then out of nowhere, it seems like Tarzan arrives mid-wildfire to get everybody out of the farmhouse and into a car so they can drive to safety, and then, except Jane, who's gone on a leisurely walk, and so he has to run into, like, a burning field after Jane. Very thrilling. Well, not a
1: leisurely walk, a, 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 a Garden of Gethsemane walk, oh, because shit. her future, her freedom is over.
0: Wow. Good pull. Um,
1: she uh, she has to, she she knows the whole reason Candler funded the expedition because he knew Porter was probably full of shit. wasn't going to find money, and would basically win without putting it into so many words. Because what kind of cad would do that? Uh, but he'd get to marry Jane, which is all he's wanted.
0: Right. Uh, so Tarzan finds Jane and he, he rescues her. Then they have an awkward conversation about that he is Tarzan, and suddenly he can speak. and Don't you don't you love me? And all this other stuff. And then they, uh, the chapter ends with them like pulling up and getting out of the fire safety, safely. Safely, uh, and they meet up with everybody else. But the uh, but the notes in the chapter, I think the main note ha- does have to do with uh, Jane's courtship
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, to Candler, um, and the main note here for me is there's this again this this surprising wokeness, this mm-hmm. feeling of uh, the, the the conversation Jane has with this guy is she says to him like. She, she sort of, in, in her own dialogue or her monologue or internal shit, she says something like she she recognizes that this is the guy who lent her father $10,000 or more to go on this fool's expedition, this fool's errand. And and she is, thinks that she's realizing now that this guy knew her dad would never come back with treasure and knew that that would put him in so much hawk to, to her dad and so much hawk to this guy that he would never be able to pay it off. And the only way to pay it off was to be just to give into this guy's advances and let him marry Jane or 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 make Jane marry him, so that that would erase the debts or something, and so she she thinks of all these things, and then they have a moment alone, and she she and this and this suitor, and she calls him out on it, and she says in Im- amazing frankness, I think the line from the book is, "You do know you're buying me, right?" And then he goes, "What?" And then she goes, "Yeah, I mean," and she lays it all out, and she says. So basically what you're doing is you're purchasing me. This isn't love. This isn't anything else. You're buying me. And then he gets like all red-faced. And I read it. He gets all red-faced and embarrassed, sort of like that he's been caught. And he turns to her and he goes, Well, Jane, I would have expect someone of your, you know, stature and and standing and and uh uh high class uh raising to uh have just you know suffered through that silently. And known it because you're not stupid, but known it, but had the good decency to keep it quiet and not say anything. But but I guess but in Jane, that
1: moment he just becomes kind of like this this. Uh...
0: Well, what he what he ends up saying is, but but yes, Jane, if you if you must, if it must be this Frank, yes, I'm buying you, and he's and he he just like says it all out.
1: Yeah, he stops. He stops being flustered and just he just he's like I, I I am what I am. I'm the villain now. Right. Yup. Yep. I'm gonna buy you.
0: Yep. And then she's and then she kind of like retreats and runs from him to Wisconsin, and he follows her, and he's like, it it it, it gets it's really gross and and scary. <laughs> but I it was it was one of those things where I like I just was so impressed with this like candor. It reminded me of like uh, the, the main plot in Little Women. Like the idea that the, the, the plot for all the sisters and little women is that they all are struggling with the duties of their sex at the time like mm-hmm. and 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 how they are struck some of them struggle in different ways and others struggle in other ways and but but they're all representative of, of stories and lives that women lived. And and this one is, again, one of those where it felt like I just didn't expect Tarzan to have that shit in it. It was just so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, pleasantly so. Do you have any notes in this chapter?
1: Um, I really enjoyed her subsequent conversation with Clayton, where he realizes what's going on with Candler and says, hey, I'm rich. I actually like you. You can tolerate me. What if we just got married? I'll take care of the debt and screw this dude. Yeah. And Jane has a kind of a, yeah... But still, I don't feel that way about you. Um, and if I'm going to be married and I don't want to be, I want to be married to someone I can hate so I can fucking hate him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought that I, was I, I funny. I liked it. Yeah. It, it was. <laughs> do you think, though, that, like, okay, do you think there's an implication there that if she marries that guy and she hates him that they would still, like, have kids?
1: Oh, you have to. Ugh.
0: That's so fucking. It's, gross. it's it's
1: that whole it's that whole because then the marriage back then I think the marriage could be annulled if they never had sex.
0: That's as, as far as I can tell. That still happens.
1: Sure, whatever 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 the parameters of that. I mean, because you can still have a marriage annulled now if you do have sex. Is my point. Oh, I think because people are having sex before marriage and then they get annulled. So I don't know how it works. I don't know the ins and outs of that. Um, but. It, it, it was expected, I think. And Candler seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, no, you want me to hold your dad to that debt do you? Ugh. And it would get real gross. Well, speaking of gross, uh, when Tarzan saves Jane from the fire and he's got her in the car and he's driving her back to everybody, he has a moment of thinking he's claimed his woman, which is that uh, Ape thing. thing you projected coming up back during the Turkos fight. You're like, would Tarzan do this? Yes, he would. He claimed his woman. I mean, he doesn't ultimately uh, have that attitude, but there's a moment where he's just like, yep, that's as it should be. Laws of the Jungle. Right. Dibs.
0: Yep. That's all I've got. All right, then that brings us to chapter 28. Conclusion. Book wrap party. Um, The, we, the overview here is that Candler, like comes in real hard w- about his like he, he walks into this room where everybody all the survivors of this fire are including tarzan and jane and all of the everyone with
1: a with a preacher in tow he, he and walks in with a
0: with a father with a priest and he goes yo i have had enough i'm not running around this country for this woman anymore and then he's like we're getting married right now i'm tired of this let's do it and then jane's like ah. And then Tarzan's like, oh, you don't want to? And she's like, no, not really. And then so Tarzan chokes this guy and he lifts him up into the air, choking him to death almost. And he's like, hey, buddy, um, you want to like, you know, let go of her promise to marry you because she doesn't want to marry you. And the guy's like, yes. And then, and then Tarzan's like, you sure? Like, no take vaccines. Like, I could kill you right now because I'm a huge dude. But if you let her, if you let her, if you let her escape her obligation here, her little like, you know, cross my heart kind of thing. Cause this is, that's what it seems like. It seems like a, a playground promise. Um, then I won't murder you. And the guy's like, oh, God. and then, and then he lets him go. And then the guy just sort of like <laughs> scampers away. And then, and then Jane's like, well, that was easy. God, you really are the perfect man. Um, and then, and then Tarzan's like, I'm glad you think so because, and then, and then he's like, Oh wait, by the way, Hey, uh, professor, uh, Porter, um, Who, who's about yelling about all debt. this. Like, what have you done? Yeah.
1: You've ruined me. this guy's gonna... yeah, he
0: walks in. He's like, but my debt, my debt just walked out of the window. What'd you do? You you big ape. Like I had this all taken care of. I was going to sell my useless daughter. <laughs> <laughs> tut, tut. It's basically. That's basically what he says. What he's daughters like, are for. Is, what, what else is she gonna do for me? <laughs> um, she ruins all my expeditions. She, I, keep in mind, to be fair to this character, he also is like, I will go into the jungle and die because she died out here looking for this treasure with me. He's, act- I don't think he's actually that bad. No, no no no, 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 no. Character, um, but he is like, he, like, he would have wanted shit. to
1: take the angle of smoothing it over and making it better. And you're not marrying my right. daughter, but we can figure something out. Right and now you've choked the dude, uh, and he's just going to come after me, and I'm going to go to debtor's prison or whatever they had in America back then.
0: And then Tarzan looks at the guy, looks at Professor Porter, and goes, "Oh shit, dude, I forgot to tell you, Um that treasure you found and buried, I recovered it, and I I have it's yours here. It, it'll cover all your debts. And and not only that, but then he's also like, but don't worry, I don't, I didn't lug it all the way over here from the Congo or wherever they are. He's like, I. I deposited in like a French bank, so here's like an IOU, like a like a letter of credit. Slip. Yeah, that says you have this much money two
1: hundred and forty thousand, something insane,
0: something nuts.
1: He could be, he and could pay like, back Candler uh, twenty four times.
0: And then Porter's eyes bulge out with big dollar signs for his pupils, and his like his tongue rolls out like a like a credit receipt, and then like he's like up in the air with his like legs straight out. And like in an a song, a sound comes out mm-hmm. and or like or like a cash register mm-hmm. ka-ching comes out, through the wall, leaving a dollar like,
1: bill impression in the wood.
0: And then he like falls down and dies and his eyes become little X's. And then this like this ghost, this angel, like <laughs> pr- with wings and a harp like comes out of his out of his body. And it's it's like bring, bring, bring. But when it when it bring brings that sound, isn't just him playing the harp. It's him like throwing gold ghost money around it's a cash like,
1: register ka-ching.
0: He's like, they say you can't take it with you. I say, fuck you, I can and I did. And he's like, look, this is a line of credit. Credit's good in heaven. Um,
1: Pearly Gates, uh, I can buy those.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) St. Peter, you work Um, for me now. Papa Porter, come home.
0: (laughs) So that happens, and then they're like, oh, this is great. And then they all drive away. Uh, to somewhere else, but this is really important because the story is crazy, nuanced, and complicated. It's not that crazy, nuanced, and complicated. It's just like it's all very convenient and it all makes sense, and I like it. Um, but Tarzan rides back with a very specific person. He doesn't ride back with Jane. No, he rides back with Mr. Philander and he asks Mr. Philander by himself, just the two of them. Everybody else rides in the other car. And while he's talking to Mr. Philander, he asks Philander a question about his, uh, the skeletons that they found and buried in the jungle. And he says, so the infant you found, was that a human baby? And the guy goes, and, and uh, Philander says, oh, no, absolutely not. That that skeleton of that child was an anthropoid. It was a, it
1: was an ape. 100% ape.
0: No doubt in my mind, 100% not human. Don't know how it got into the crib, but it was not human. And then Tarzan's like, damn, <laughs> I know what that means. I am the Lord Grey Stoke.
1: But he also gets confirmation Darno calls him or cables him right around this time.
0: Yeah, he, he gets a cable when they arrive at the... God, at the okay, that's what the, it, thank, you, thank, you, thank you, ...where they're going. And the cable then says, Hey, bro, I got the confirmation on your fingerprints. You are the dude, bro. And Tarzan's like, I'm the dude, bro. <laughs> Everything is mine. But what Tarzan doesn't know until right about now is that while he was driving in the other car... Jane was having like a crisis, like a mental breakdown, where she was just like in silence, like not talking to anyone, like staring off into the distance, like trying to get a grip on everything that has happened to her in the last 10 minutes. And then
1: I think. Go ahead.
0: No, you do it. You remember. She she doesn't
1: understand. Her own feelings, her her own sexuality, her feminine mystique. She's thinking Tarzan's all shorn of 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 bestialness, and and he's clothed now, and he's not ripped and muscular. And what if I don't like him anymore? Well, he
0: is. It's just not. He's not. She's wearing clothes. Right, he's but but I'm saying muscular. that's
1: fooling her, and she thinks mm, she's not right. going to have any kind of attraction to him anymore. And and he's he's tamed. He thinks he's tamed himself for her. And I don't. It's 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 it's, it's a bizarre take. But in that moment of moment of panic, she's like, "I couldn't be with him. Maybe I could. I don't know." Right, and she's right when she's just hinging on that. Clayton goes, "Hey, so, uh, Camilla the this. You want to get married?" She goes, "Yep,"
0: <laughs>
1: without thinking about it. Uh, and Tarzan, they 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 park. They get out. They're gonna go have diner burgers or whatever. Passes for post forest fire fair. In nineteen oh eight, and he goes, Hey, now you have to deal with Candle, you want to get married? And she's like, Ugh. About that. I'm gonna marry this dude over here, because you know, he's he's a Greystoke. stoke, he's got title, he's got all these lands and money, and, <laughs>
0: and she's like, Sorry, Tarzan, you ain't gonna get this WAP. And then Tarzan's like, What's that? and she's like wet ass porter. A, a wealthy American person. Oh, a porter. Wealthy American porter. Yep. Yeah, now she is. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, damn. And then she's like, oh, by wealthy, I mean, I'm marrying Lord Greystoke. Like, first of all, Tarzan. all that money you
1: just gave my dad, plus all this money that right. Lord Greystoke's going to bring into the family. What can you offer me?
0: And then Tarzan's like, that little vein that's on the scar in his head like <laughs> gets bright red, and it like beads down his forehead, and he's like, what can I give you? And then he starts like he yells out his terrible jungle yell, and he's like nothing. And then he's like he talks to he talks to to his cousin to Clayton, and Clayton's all like, "Oh, old boy, how's the how's it hanging?" I say, "Old man, uh, that's
1: a bally story you have raised in the jungle. What? 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 What's the deal with that? What?"
0: And Tarzan's like, "Well, my mom was an ape, and uh, I didn't know who my father was. Apparently, a white ape." And I am Tarzan of the jungle. And then it's like... Then the fucking book ends. Like, the book, the book dr- drops off a cliff right then and is just like, it's over. Uh, Tarzan doesn't end up with Jane. <laughs>
1: like... It's it's a bit of a gut punch.
0: He doesn't end up with Jane and he's not Lord Greystoke at the end of the book. He Neither of the two things I expected to happen, <laughs> happened. He just basically is like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going back to the jungle. It's weird.
1: It's, it's so strange. And... I was very disappointed, but I, I recognize that a lot of my disappointment comes from the fact that I know I'm not going to read book two. Uh, book two is out there. I could go find out what happens, and maybe I'll Wikipedia it, but I can't invest in it after some of the awfulness of this book. I just – I don't have it in me.
0: Yeah, I, same thing. I would be very interested to see – I know some of the things that happened in Tarzan's further – adventures i know he has a son mm-hmm. i fairly certain he spends a lot of time in london at some point so I, I i thought he would have been have the reasoning was to get his things in order as the earl of uh or the the lord greystoke mm-hmm. but like this book like i'm very curious about that but i and i enjoyed reading these this book i enjoyed it but like i don't know if i have the interest in like stomaching yes more yes um uh right now at least you know like i said last time maybe maybe in 30 years <laughs> read the next tarzan 2051 um, hold us to it i i hope that if if we eventually get lucky enough to get around to reading some john carter books uh it's better my mm-hmm. hope is mm-hmm. maybe taking it off of earth <laughs> will make it less problematically racist
1: i i i feel like it's going to be a surrogate for some culture but it'll be easier to ignore that, I guess. The the the, yeah. the the white savior in the Martian culture. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't. I, I have I read it. I can't remember. But I feel like maybe it's alien enough. I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: You're saying the the racism will be couched in Barsoom.
1: Yes. Man, yeah. I can't hear that name without ever thinking of Eddie Barzum from The Devil's Advocate. Played by Jeffrey Jones. Also equally awkward and problematic. Eddie Bazoom, Eddie Bazoom. Hooah. Um <laughs> I'm the devil.
0: Weird. Sorry. Um the uh
1: people are sleeping. I can't go full Pacino.
0: I don't want you to go full Pacino. Pachinko pachinko. Um <laughs>
1: Where's that ball gonna land?
0: <laughs> uh that's it. That's how the book ends. And so like it's, it's a, uh, uh, what do you, what is your thoughts on the book as a whole?
1: It was difficult to stomach. I really like that turn of phrase you used. Uh, it definitely picked up and got more engaging and fun towards the second half. The, uh, the, the, the origin stuff was long and drawn out. The native stuff was painful to read. When you started having adventures with the French seaman and trekking through the jungle with Darno and coming to America, that was fun. I wanted more of that. I wanted that to be the book.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's essentially how I felt. Also, uh, I felt like we talked about this, you know, through the last couple episodes, but the idea that the book starts with a whole lot of origins, which is fine. It's just so many and so long and they're not my thing, Mm -hmm. um, that I don't really... I didn't really dig on that. And then I felt like the the story really did pick up around the time that the French soldiers... Sh- should, uh, ha! Fuck! French sailors showed up. And uh, they... Because uh, I felt like... My, I, I remember thinking, like, that's just going to be a deus Ex de machina. They're going to show up. They're going to solve all the problems that have happened. It's going to be a real, like, milk toast turn. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, actually... This, you know, like all good God machines, it, it actually makes things worse. I think like it's, it's a monkey's paw. Like you, you get this thing and you think it's going to be good or it's a deal with the devil. And then it's turns worse. Suddenly the, the French seamen are here, uh, but they arrive just at, in, at times where uh, the other people are missing. So they go out to try to find them. They don't find them. Instead, they find a, a group of violent, uh, crazed African tribesmen. And then a lot of people die. One of them, Darnot, gets captured. He's captured when the French retreat when the french retreat and they realize that no one that, that jane has come back and so this uh, this quest was for naught but now they've lost another man they go back out and they they slaughter the african tribe com- almost completely and they still don't find him they in fact think he's been eaten and is dead but jane convinces them to stick around for a while uh because the reality is he's just been lost in the jungle and he's recovering from his wounds that and tarzan's you know saving him but she wants tarzan to come back but he won't so it's just like it keeps like complicating itself and going further and further uh, into this interesting level. And uh, it reminds me of that writing technique. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's something like, um, it's something like, if this, then what? Or something like that. I forget what it is, but it's like, the idea is you say, like if a bunch of French soldiers show up, then they try to find Jane. If they try to find Jane, then they actually find the African tribe. If they actually find the African tribe, then they fight. Mm-hmm. And then so you progress the story like block by block in this way. And it felt like kind of reading it that way, but it didn't feel like a writing exercise. It didn't feel forced. It mm-hmm. felt like it was like well crafted. Yeah. It's not it's not a Game of Thrones well-crafted thing, as far as I as far as I can tell, how I've never read those, but as far as I understand about how they're written, they're very, you know, architecturally structured. Um, this felt more just like fun. Sure, I w- I wanted to read that book. I like. like I, yeah. I got myself. I, I got myself into the reading that book, and I was like, "Yeah, this is super cool. I enjoy this more of this." And I and and that was like the the last half.
1: Right, the first two hundred uh, pages fine. should have been one hundred pages. The rest right. of it should have been the second act, and then we should have had a third act that you know felt like an actual ending instead of just right. truncating it. And and I feel like if it had been structured that way this book uh might actually have been a classic and had some uh staying power
0: <laughs> i i i really yeah t- i totally agree uh, i actually really like the ending um as much of a like letdown as it was it was one of those satisfying letdowns because there's so much of my expectations that were uh shattered or or you know subverted because we have this whole culture cultural touchstone that is tarzan sure. that comes from the movie serials or the movies,
1: comics. from forever
0: ago, comics, um, and the the the, th- the whole fucking yell like that sound is so iconic. Um, that and and part of what comes to that is Tarzan and Jane. Tarzan Jane, those two things go together. And to read the book, the original source material, and then have it be like, nope, <laughs> they don't, was a huge like kick in the balls. And I was just like so impressed that something like that could be so culturally dominant and still have a twist ending mm-hmm. it surprised me it was really cool I I, I know that's not like it, it, it I know that's not how it's intended anybody who had read the book at a younger age or first before watching the movies would, would probably have problems with the movies but somehow it worked out just fine for me to have seen only the movies and stuff where Jane's a huge part of it. And then to read the book and be completely, like, flipped on, on what the reality of Tarzan actually is. Sure. Because I know he has a wife in later books. I know he has a son. Who is who is it? Who are these people? What happens with that? I I, I want to know, kind of, but not enough to just start picking up the next one and reading. No,
1: I'm going to read some summaries, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, no spoilers. Um uh, I, I think I would recommend this book though, uh, if, if if I was going to go on that route because I, I like to do that. Um, uh, if you like origin stories, if you like adventure stories, if you like um, strongman stories, uh, this is a it's it's a classic of that genre. If it's also just I think a pretty enjoyable book.
1: It's certainly a snapshot of a mindset of a time.
0: That's totally true. I think that if you're very uncomfortable, unhappy, or made upset by. Uh, racism and who isn't, but <laughs> but what I mean is, if you would prefer not to read things that conjure up awful feelings about it, this book will probably do that. It will probably bring that shit up. Yeah. So, grain of salt. Uh, you know, don't don't subject yourself to that just because we say it's it's an enjoyable read. Otherwise, um, or I I'll say it will say that at least, um. But, but yeah, I mean, or, or read the book one Rob had, which is still not great, but a little better.
1: That's true. Then you can pretend like it doesn't happen. Swoop it under the rug.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> don't do that. Just read the awful version. If you're going to read it, read the awful version and you can just, you'll just know how bad it is and you can. You're, you're an adult listener, right? I hope so. <laughs> um, we put the explicit thing on there. I hope, I hope nobody's eating a Lunchable while listening to this.
1: Although if you're using this for some sort of school book report, tell us Ouch. how you did.
0: Wait, yeah. <laughs> I want that A. <laughs> um, so, I don't think I have an, Is that it? You got anything else you want to say about Tarzan of the Apes? I don't think so. Cool. Um, I don't, I don't think I have a new word alert this, uh, episode. And I think it's fair to say you don't either. I don't. You don't. Um, and, uh, so this is the book wrap party, which usually means we're going to jump into the, uh, the roll off for the next book. Um, and this is the point I think of the show where we pull the rug out
1: <laughs>
0: and we say that there we, we have a different kind of surprise for our <laughs> listeners this, this episode. Uh, so what happened was we recorded this episode yesterday
1: a two hour book wrap party episode.
0: Oh, it was thrilling. It was such a good conversation. Best. It was so much like classic death readers and, and death we readers like, reborn we were killing it oh my god it was so fucking good and then like i sent rob the file because rob does the editing and then like like my we record this split in half like we're both in different rooms we're both reading we're, we're doing a zoom call essentially um and well we're not doing a zoom call we're doing facetime but we're, we're facetiming each other while we're recording and then i send rob the file and we we sync it up and he edits it edits the two recordings from there. Problem is, uh my recording software had some sort of glitch and my file was all corrupted and there was seemingly no way to save it. And it was awful. It was horrible. It sounds like that. Yeah. And there was nothing we could do about it. We tried Googling, <laughs> tried tried fix fixtulating, and there was nothing to be done. So what we decided to do was to re-record the episode and try our best to recapture some of that magic. Hit some uh, of those talking
1: points. I think we did a yeah, pretty good job, least, actually.
0: I think I think we did all right. But like it, there was a whole lot of magic that was lost, and I, I know that's the case. And so one way or another, you're gonna hear recaps of the of me saying what happened in the other episode or us talking about what happened in the other episode that was lost. Um and, and I'm not sure how that's going to be heard, if it's going to be heard after this or if it's going to be heard as it happened through this episode. But one way or another, you'll hear it. One of the other things that happened at the end of the last episode that's forever lost is we've found out what book we're reading next. So I will just walk you through what happened. Yes, I think
1: that's <laughs> the best. I didn't want to. I, we, I, I felt weird about recreating that. So I'm glad you're just going to. Uh, I, we're,
0: we're not gonna we're yeah we're not gonna recreate it it happened you'll have to trust us it was fucking magical <laughs> like it always is so we took the six-sided uh, nuptial chance cube and we took uh six books the books we and we set them aside and we said one through six we're, we're rolling for it the books were uh yahtzee crowshaw's will save the galaxy for food cherry priest bone shaker uh, Ernest Cline's Ready Player One, Robert A. Heinlein's Starship Troopers, H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, and John Wyndham's The Day of the Triffids. Uh, and we rolled, and it was this whole great bit about oh, why, why is Ready Player One number three? And it was like, isn't that confusing? And I was like, no, it'll be fine. And then we rolled, and it was a three, and I was like, oh, we, re- we were going to read Ready Player One next. And Rob was like, yay. And so that's... Sorry.
1: <laughs> that's our book, Ready Player One.
0: But, yeah, sorry for not letting you hear the amazingness of how we it, it happened, because it's so exciting. It's so much fun to roll the die and see where it lands. And and i wish you could have heard that. So i'm sorry that we have to deny you that uh this time. But yeah, we're we're going to read Ready Player 1. So next episode, uh hop on over to Death Readers uh if you in and, and take a listen to what we think about Ready Player 1. A book Rob has read many times again like our the whole premise of our show and that i as a as a boy who was raised by rocks um never read. So we're going to read it. And if you'd like to read along, read through chapter six. Do not read chapter seven. That's
1: the prologue. One, two, Mm -hmm. three, four, five, and six.
0: You got anything else? I don't. All right, man. Well, I think that was uh, Death Readers again. So I'm Doug.
1: I'm Rob again.
0: Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at patreon slash deathreaders, and please discuss us extensively on Reddit. (laughs) And then I'd be sitting there at the bus stop waiting for the bus to get here, and then some, like, drunk, toothless woman would come up to me and sit down and, and just ramble at me words like Charles Manson swing from mood to mood as she asked me for money. Oh, this
1: was not a school bus. This was a a city bus. Yeah, this is a city bus. Oh, this is a bus. This is
0: a bus full of people who have no obligation to any authority. Um, (laughs) And, 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 and so you just end up being at their mercy. Um, and which is why you try to hide, um, on Mm. the bus. Mm -hmm. But this lady, I remember she came up to me and she was like, look, do we have any money? I just, I'm so thirsty. I lost my food. Because she had no teeth. I lost my my food. And uh, (laughs) I need money. It's just fine. It's fine. (laughs) And I was just like, this is terrifying. When's the bus get here? it's 2004 i don't know there's no internet phones to tell me (laughs) like when the bus is going to arrive i just have to look Mm -hmm. at the schedule and keep looking at it and keep looking at my watch or my phone that is a nokia and it just tells me what time it is and maybe i can play snake to escape but other than that uh, i just have to be around this psychopath and then you get on the bus and there's different crazy people there's the guy who only says like uh like sleeping bag he only says like one word and he'll just walk up to you go like sleeping bag sleeping bag and you go no dude <laughs> this is my seat and he goes sleeping bag sleeping bag and you go oh, fucking god damn it no <laughs> and then he won't move and he like sort of taps your arm and like like slaps your arm and, and then like and then he holds up and, like a chicklet at you and he goes sleeping bag sleeping bag and you go you can have the seat and then you just go stand and you don't get to read that ride because that the and that guy would be on every no matter what bus I got on that fucking guy was there uh mm-hmm. one day i was riding in a fucking car with a friend just down a backside street off of, off of like some a major roadway in the city we live in and the and that fucking guy the chiclet guy the sleeping bag guy ran out of the bushes and like ran up on our car and stood in the road with his arms spread apart, like twenty feet away, like this, like dodging our car. And, he, and my my buddy, who did not know who this fucking guy was, I did. He didn't know who this guy was. He was just like, dude, you better get out of the road. He was like talking to him, he was like I'm because I'm dr- gonna drive. And the guy was like, sleeping bag, sleeping bag and then he like and then so we tried to drive past him and the guy like sort of ran at the car like we were playing chicken and my friend like like swerved around him but the guy like smashed himself on the hood and then like looked at me like Ugh! and then like tried to grab my door handle and so i had to like quickly lock it and it was terrifying we sped away um yeah so that's what the bus is like sure <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was all about Sin City. I was big into Sin City. But, I, I, you know, I'm a big Robert Rodriguez fan.
0: I am, too. There was a long time where I thought he was my favorite director, and then he stopped making movies.
1: Why, well, he just made that one for Netflix. It's sort of a sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl.
0: It doesn't have the same actor.
1: Yeah, but he does have the same actress. Oh, so you're saying women can't be actors. I feel like I was trapped. And I don't understand Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: this that's is just... not like
1: this is not like Abe Vigoda and the Godfather getting what was coming to him I'm just sitting there like uh, <laughs> you're, you're, I thought we were on ju- I did not sell you out <laughs> to uh <laughs> to the five families man I don't know what's happening here
0: you're, you're correct it's the uh it's the thing where um uh, I have a guilty conscience about feeling like people are thinking that hmm. when I use the word actress So in Mm. order to protect myself from it, I project it on someone else when they walk into that trap.
1: See, I'm just going to go, uh, if I offended you, I'm sorry, and I will try to use the other word. Uh, But I know a lot of actresses who still prefer to the term actress, so it's a case-by-case basis at this point. Uh, Not ubiquitous. And if corrected, I will be corrected. (laughs)
0: Um, But also, he... That episode, that specific episode, also has... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it Hmm. As the Riddler? No, as the the Music Meister Okay I think that's the character's name Um,
1: I'm Mr. Music Meister I'm Mr. Hum I'm Mr. Song in your heart I'm Mr. de dum
0: (laughs) That's a much better word to rhyme than all the other words I was thinking that also relate to Joss Whedon Scum. Crumbum. Uh <laughs> Crumbum.
1: Uh were this the Jaw Whedon podcast, that would be the name of it.
0: Crumbum. Uh. Crumbum. Uh. I, am crumbum. <laughs> I am crumbum. I am crumb bum. I have the power to eat in bed, but I don't have the my weakness is not being able to contain my the bits I can't eat. And they they, they fall into the bed, and when I wake up I have crumbs on my bum.
1: Behold your doom. A box of entomins. <laughs> oh, 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 oh door, I got it. It's just automatically going to be Skeletor.
0: Feast your eyes on my arsenal of treats. Saltines. <laughs> <a> popcorn. <laughs> nachos.
1: What's this? Oyster crackers? This is bizarre. I love it. What
0: a weird thing. Um, <laughs> it's a very odd
1: weird thing. All
0: right, let's uh let's do the show. Let's just let's get started. Let's over. talk about Tarzan. Yeah, finally. Um <laughs> So, I think we should just get started because I don't think there's any housekeeping is there any housekeeping that I forgot?
1: Well, it's groundhog day again.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Chapter
1: 23, Brother Men.
0: It just sucks. It just sucks cuz there was all these I'm remembering all the fucking shit we already did and like i'm remembering like the fucking like the bits that you we did about how you paint a picture of artists and your or authors in your head and like how uh you know you like to do that and then i said that thing about how it's like if it was it was uh fucking dolly meets picasso in your head cuz they're always malformed and you were like fucking bros with this melty clock face and then i was like elephants man and you were like what elephants and i was like dolly's famous for elephant paintings and you were like i don't know anything from dolly and then i was like he made a hologram and then you were like what's the hologram what kind of hologram is it is it a lenticular thing or is it a is it a matrix of, of whatever and i was like i don't know and then you were like well and i was like well as far as i remember it was him and uh alice cooper and they were like in the, it was a no. bunch of
1: what no i mean i mean you're right this all happened and it was great but at the same time i can't recreate it ever, i can't recreate it neither of us ever used the phrase. Salvador Dologram. And as such, it was a waste of time. So really, this is the best thing that could have happened. I'm
0: gonna do this every time now. This is how this is how we recover the episode. You no, down. this is how we recover it, is you clip all these parts out, and then you put all of them together at the end. So it's like some sort of weird half episode, and then we're like, We're done, we're going to read Ready Player One, and then we say, actually. <laughs> And then I'll, I'll recap the bits we did and be like, it was fucking hilarious, but it's gone now. Um, and, and 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 it's like, and I don't have the, like, chops to recreate it. Because uh, there was that whole bit where you were like, well, you know, Jane Goodall was named after uh, Jane Porter. And I was like, no, she wasn't. And you were like, well, technically, she was born after the publication of the book. And I was like, I that's stupid and pedantic. And you were like, tee hee hee. And... <laughs>
1: I was like, <laughs> all
0: right. Um, it's going to be a fucking slaughterhouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> chapter 24
1: lost treasure.
0: Yeah, that was really intense. Did you, did you want to read that?
1: Uh, well, it's funny. You should say it, but I happen to have an excerpt ready to go. Hold on a second. You know, it'd be fucked up <laughs>
0: What if you found the clip from the other recording uh-huh. of this moment and just put it in so we didn't have to do it right now. Because <laughs> I didn't talk during it. It's just you reading.
1: Ah, <sighs> So much work, but okay.
0: <laughs> you Or you can just read it. Whatever's easiest for you. I'm just saying it would be funny. It, it's just like in my head, I'm thinking like an editor and I'm like, oh, that already exists. I already have that. I have that footage.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in the lost part of, of chapter 24, Lost Treasure, uh, we had this whole conversation about how Jane's like, Oh, even the people in my own South are savages, and like, uh I was like, What her South? She's supposed to be from Baltimore. Is she talking about like South Baltimore or like the American South? And Rob was like, She probably just means the American South. And I was like, Well, do other countries talk about their regions like that? Like having a South, or is that only a really important thing in countries that have survived civil wars? And Rob was like, I mean, all countries basically have uh cardinal directions, and I was like
1: well, yeah. You and used I'll, the word carnal directions, but I did come up with some like really brilliant examples. Like? Germany with Bavaria. Uh, and then I said Black Forest. On, I wasn't done. Uh, <laughs> Italy with Tuscany. Yeah, and then I said top of the boot. And then I really, no, that's kind of the middle bottom of the boot.
0: Whatever, um, I don't know German. And then I
1: really knocked it out of the park by bringing up the 1994 film, The Th- Three Musketeers.
0: Yes. And then what did you say about and that? And how
1: Gabrielle Anwar was speaking to Robin and she well, heard his specifically
0: name. Specifically Chris O'Donnell. Yeah.
1: yeah. And she heard his name, D'Artagnan. She was like, D'Artagnan, a Gascon, referring to the Gascony region of France. And then I thought, oh, but wait, is D'Arnaud also a Gascon? Right. And then I was like, wow, I just fucking broke the whole thing wide open. And I just did it again.
0: Yeah, you just did it again. Uh, <laughs> let's jump into chapter 26.
1: The height of civilization.
0: Yeah, sorry for rambling, but yeah, it was a it was a fun part of the book. In the original episode, I rambled like exactly the same way as I rambled. We, we,
1: we never got to gibbets, though.
0: No, in in, in the original chapter 20, uh, 26, I, I rambled very similarly and said a bunch of stuff about hunting. <laughs> I think I said something. If you, I think I said, if you want to be a tough guy, real, real tough guy, real man hunter, you go out in there, you hunt a bear with a fucking bow and arrow. Um, Give it a chance to eat you alive. Then you'll feel. Then you'll know. Um, In retrospect, again, it it does have this sort of feeling of like all those arguments feels like they, 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 like end up flowing downstream towards the idea that. Well, yes, but what about husbandry? Mm-hmm. Is that not somehow worse? Because the animals don't ever even live a, a life like anything. And it's a tough fucking moral situation. Um, it's, it's, it's such a quagmire because then you have to decide which part of the issue is the issue you care about the most. Do you care about the suffering of the animal? Do you care about the food waste? Do you care about the high, the, the greenhouse gas effects of uh, meat? Mm-hmm. Um, do you care more about uh, the, the safety of eating meat? How, like, it's actually probably not the healthiest thing for us to do almost at all? Um, lots and lots of stuff like that like just becomes like thorny shit that you can get tangled up in. And it, it really just boils down to I'm just talking about how I feel. And like my own personal things and everybody's got their own personal thing. If, if for, like, I have friends who are, who, who refuse to eat meat. They don't kill. Um, which is why they only eat serial killers, which is kind of cool, but it's also a little problematic. Um, so like short supply, um, those, those dang behavioral profilers. They always get there first.
1: very amused by this and that brings us into fingerprints
0: (laughs) (laughs) so in the original chapter 26 the height of civilization i just rambled more about hunting (laughs) i just i remember i said something about like you know uh how i think i said something about how shitty it is to go start your day with at, at, at your uh resort your your you know your resort and you uh you get your 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 uh, continental breakfast and then you uh take a leisurely round of golf uh before a mid-afternoon slaughter of a african animal and then you know you can duck in just in time for tea and a facial before uh catching a show in the you know auditorium and shit mm-hmm. like that and it's like that's 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 how i view that world um this this sort of say.
1: What, your powers of recall are quite impressive.
0: <sighs> don't don't do this. Don't do this in front of people. It, that's my trouble. Is I can remember everything we said. I just we can't re- we can't do it. <laughs> right, right. I can't. I can't do it again. Um, <laughs> chapter twenty-seven.
1: The giant again.
0: Yeah. Uh. If it, when it comes to the original chapter twenty-seven, the giant again. I feel like that's the same shit we already basically covered. Except I had this whole fumble about like referencing the wrong author who wrote Little Women, and I was all over the place. And we had Jane
1: Austen wrote Little Women. And yeah, we I had... was like, no, it was Louisa May Alcott. And you're like, it was Harry Beecher Stowe. And I'm like, no, damn it, it was it was it was Louisa May Alcott. And you're like, hmm, was it Charlotte Bronte? And I'm like, no, no. that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said, <laughs> no.
0: was it was it uh, Agatha Christie? And then you said uh, something about it was like a. I don't.
1: Mean. I was I was riffing, but you know you can no and me. It's fine.
0: Well, but I was being accurate.
1: <laughs> I understand, and now you understand.
0: I wasn't no ending you. I was saying this is not improv. Right. This is historic fact.
1: God, it wouldn't be funny if my recording was fucked up and I just put the two together.
0: That would be fucked <laughs> just up. Just rambling off. You would have so much different... work to do. Um.
1: <sighs> no, I would just lay them down and be like, we'll talk over each other, two different conversations.